0: It is uh, episode 154, I believe. I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of themainland.com. We cover Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, Orlando City B, and even the Orlando Sea Wolves, but primarily Orlando City. And joining me, as always, to talk about the Lions and uh, some of the other teams, uh, David Rowe up in Tallahassee. Dave, how are you?
1: I'm there now. I uh, after Saturday, uh, I'm a bit distraught that I. Went into the backwoods of Georgia and did some backpacking to get away from everything uh, for a day or two. But I'm back and feeling refreshed thanks to, uh, you know, some beautiful nature and uh, fresh air. So I'm ready to go.
0: I would like to have gone into the woods and uh, gotten away from social media uh, on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it was uh it was pretty ugly it was pretty nasty um i get it you know uh, orlando city comes home plays montreal impact falls 3 to 1 at home it was the worst uh of the three performances so far i know people were expecting better uh but orlando city did not pull out the victory or get a third draw in a row to start the season uh, the Montreal Impact, in my opinion, Dave, one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. They finished very strong in 2018. They have added some very good players in the off season, and they they were missing a player last year who has returned to the lineup. And I think that this Montreal team, if it stays healthy, can finish as high as, I believe, as high as third or possibly even second in the Eastern Conference if they can stay healthy. I I, th- I think very highly of this team. I may be proven wrong in the end, but I think if Ignacio Piatti, uh one of the best players in the league, stays healthy and all their other key pieces stay healthy, I think that they're a very, very solid soccer team. They're, they're playing better and better, and uh, they have uh, not... I don't even think they've played a home game yet this year. So if they can hang around this early part of the season and then uh, get some home games later. I think they could be a tough, tough team. But Orlando City largely uh, shot itself in the foot repeatedly on Saturday with really poor passing. It was an unexpected passing display. Uh, A little bit of a lineup change, Dave. Carlos Asquez gets his first uh, start, which, of course, now in hindsight, everybody was like, well, why did they tinker with the lineup? Uh, Because... (laughs) <laughs> well, because he wanted to get his better players on the field, supposedly. Uh, Carlos is a, a presumed starter, so he is a guy who should be in the lineup, and at some point you got to put him in. You, you, you know that he's probably going to be a little bit rusty to start, um, which he was. He, he had a few turnovers and some bad moments, uh, but uh, I thought he got better as the game wore on. I thought he got a bit better at that, and... Um, it just was a, it was a rocky start and it took them a while to settle in. And, um, you know, as for the other changes in the lineup, of course, Tesho Ekandele was hurt. So, uh, you put Dom Dwyer in to start the game. That's not a a bad replacement. I think, Um, uh, normally not. No, (laughs) (laughs) you, you've got four at the back. I think, uh, Juan, uh, you know, he proved that he was a little better option than Kyle Smith, so I think you got an upgrade there. These are not guys that were off the pitch. They they played quite a bit before. You had Chris Mueller back in the starting lineup, and he's played quite a bit uh, this season. So overall, I think that the lineup tinkering and the change from a 3-5-2 uh, to a 4-3-3 a little bit overblown by people. It was just bad individual performances. I don't think the shape had anything to do with the the individual performances. Uh, this is not a team. These are not defenders who don't know how to play four across the back. Uh, I think um, the team, you know, pretty much came out and just didn't play well as, as individuals. They they passed poorly. They made bad decisions. Part of that was Montreal's press. Um, one of the things about Maxi Rudy is uh, he's he's a guy that's been in Dallas you didn't hear a lot about him cuz he doesn't score tons of goals but one thing he does really well is he pressures the ball he puts a lot of pressure on defenders and the team worked on that uh, James O'Connor said after the game they they told their defenders Maxi Rudy's going to be on you so you have to you have to be decisive you have to be accurate you have to play with some bravery and some confidence and I don't think they played with bravery and confidence Dave I think that they played a little nervy and it played right into Montreal's hands
1: Without a doubt, um, you know, as you were saying, Montreal definitely looks like a very, very good team in the East, and uh, they showed it, unfortunately, against us uh, on Saturday. Um, what, 19 shots uh, taken, 11 on target? Um, so it's, you know, obviously their, their pressing type of play uh, is actually something, you know, Connor would like to see from us a little bit more, but, uh, you know, the... Whether or not they got warned, the the defenders uh, either didn't take it to heart or weren't able to put it into practice. And as you said, whether there was three on the back line or four, I, I don't think that that was going to make a difference as far as you know how. Like they do know how to play at you know both of those shapes. So uh, it wasn't that. It was um, you know little mistakes that that will kill you time and time again. And that's that's what killed Orlando City on Saturday.
0: There some early issues. Uh, Asquez's first touch of the game was a bad one and, and uh, gave up a scoring chance. They gave up scoring chance 90 seconds or so into the game uh, off the kickoff, and that was a bad sign. But I thought Orlando kind of settled in a little bit. They got some scoring chances. There was a, a chance for Dwyer, and he he took a nice pass from Nani. It was a, a really good job by Nani to read the play because Dwyer was in the sixth, but he was kind of covered, and Nani read his movement. He came back out of the six and up top and not even give him a perfect pass. And Dwyer just fizzed one over the bar. And that could have been an early goal for Orlando. There was another opportunity where they could have had a free kick just above the box. Will Johnson with a great steal takes it up into the, uh, the top of the area gets knocked down from behind by Samuel Pietti. There's no call. And to make matters worse on the way down, Johnson hits Victor Cabrera with his head and he comes off the pitch. He came back on the pitch uh, but didn't last much longer and had to go to the locker room with concussion protocol. And that hurt Orlando in the midfield because, uh, I, granted, it was only 15 minutes, but Will Johnson was running everywhere and intercepting and and, and just being a pest. And the impact, we're having a trouble, some trouble dealing with him. And I don't think that there's a like-for-like like switch on the bench. They end up bringing Christian Aguida in, but that's not Aguida's game. Egita Aguida likes to no. anticipate passes, step into passing lanes go shoulder to shoulder with guys and knock them down. But he doesn't He doesn't do all the running. He doesn't do all the pressuring. Uh, he mm. doesn't get up in your face and force bad passes the way that, that Will Johnson had been doing through the first two games and 15 minutes. And it really looked like a different team in the midfield after that. And I don't think that Aguida played poorly, but it, I think there's a reason he's on the bench. And I think the reason is he doesn't play the style uh, the same way that will johnson does which is why he's not in the starting lineup because certainly james would like to go with the younger more athletic player if he can but um you know if he's not getting the same effect on the field he's not going to play him and that's why he was on the bench so uh johnson goes out that's a problem uh the first goal was kind of unlucky dave the you know the the ball gets kicked out wide uh danny acosta does a, a nice job of recovering and uh, he deflects a cross attempt, uh, unfortunately he goes right to Orgy uh who nobody bothered to come out and close down again Carlos Asquez and O'Neil both had uh, the coverage inside on a defender or on an attacker and one of them needed to come out um, Asquez was a little late coming out, but also uh, Sebas Mendez didn't collapse and and Take him either. So he had an open right. look, and he and he put it inside the the back post again. Not a goal that Brian Rowe could do anything about. Knocked in off the far post, and uh, it's one nil. So you're like, okay, well you're down a goal, but uh, still tons of time to play. And then off the ensuing kickoff, Asquez goes and passes it to uh, Shane O'Neill. Shane O'Neill did point for him to pass back to to the keeper. But by the time Ask was already in the motion of making his pass, so there's no way he could have held up and passed it back, so he continued the pass to O'Neill. O'Neill was under pressure, but not a ton of pressure. So he went and tried a, a little touch pass back to Rowe, and it didn't go anywhere, and that it just was a disaster because that en- enabled uh, Maxi Arrudi to get to the ball before Brian Rowe, and uh, it, it probably would have been a red card had Maxi Rudy didn't touch the ball away from the net. He kind of touched it toward the outside rather than toward the inside. And Rowe took him down outside the box, ended up getting a yellow card. Uh, but the ball went where you don't want it to go, which is uh, to Piotti with an open net. And he doesn't miss, even when there's a goalie there most of the time. So when there's nobody there, it was a pretty easy goal. And um, quite a celebration for a guy who just tapped it into an empty net.
1: <laughs> yeah you, you know your uh predictions last week uh for this was um uh the defensive mid in the back line against piatti and that right there was exactly what you hoped would not happen um you know I, you got give it up to to brian for doing everything that he could i mean you know even like you said could have been a red um but in that situation there's only so much you can do and once that ball gets out to Piotti well then there's nothing anybody can do so uh it, it the biggest thing about that whole play just how frustrating it is watching it um you know knowing that um we've t- all, this, all the all the backline problems we had last season and what James O'Connor's on to try and address them with quite a bit of turnover, and knowing that you know we've said several times before the season that there was going to be a lot of rotation back there. Hopefully, uh, but like you said, Carlos just got back. everybody hasn't worked together yet, and it's uh, this is the point where I'll say it's it's going to take some time. These guys got to get some playing time together, um, and unfortunately, that type of Horrible mistake happened. Hopefully, we'll see less of it, and hopefully, you know O'Connor will um, lay some uh, practice just down upon them. But uh, yeah, it's that's that's one of those things where you're just shaking your head after everything happens.
0: Yeah, Asquiz, uh and O'Neill have played together before, so it's not like um, unfamiliar. Yeah, well, I that. know. I'm just they the- haven't. The, the thing you know, is his first time back. Sure. The thing, I mean, the thing is though, O'Neill, O'Neal just didn't put enough on his back pass. And you see that it doesn't matter what team you follow in soccer. Every team does it once a year, at least. Um, True. hopefully that, doesn't you
1: know, it less frustrating.
0: <laughs> hopefully it's the only one that happens. I mean, some teams do it two or three times a year. I remember, <laughs> I remember, uh, as a Manchester United fan, I've seen, um, I've seen, team, I've seen players take turns with these types of back passes. Uh, Michael Carrick one week and then Johnny Evans the next and that kind of thing. It was like, can we just, just pass forward? Can we just make a rule? <laughs> you have to pass forward. Right. Um, but, yeah, it, it didn't work out, and it's too bad. But um, then it was 2-0 down, and the only good thing about that was there was a ton of time to go. There was It was the 16th minute. And you just thought Montreal's a much different team than New York City. It's, it's they're they're pretty good when they have a lead and they had a two goal lead it was going to be tough to come back against them but Orlando City did get opportunities to score on another night Dom Dwyer might have scored four times uh, he missed some very very easy uh, for him opportunities he had opportunities uh, with um, you know he had a, a ball slid across from Nani that he got a foot on but he didn't get enough of it and it went wide he had another one that he shot wide when it uh, was a great job by, uh, I think it was Chris Mueller, to uh, to knock a ball into his path, and he he had every opportunity to shoot it. I know people are giving him grief for not passing it back, but you expect your star striker to make that shot. He did. All he had to do was get it on target and miss the keeper. He missed the keeper, but also missed the target pretty badly. Um, you, you don't want him to be afraid to take that shot, and then if he passes the ball and doesn't make the perfect pass, you know, then you're blaming him for, the, for You know, for not taking the shot. Or if Chris Mueller misses the, the net, right. then you're blaming again. You're blaming Dom for not taking the shot. So right. he's kind of damned if he did and damned if he didn't. The only, the only thing he did wrong was he missed. Essentially, correct. I mean, it wasn't the decision. The decision was like, well, he was being selfish. You know, good you strikers, know, I really good, hate it when good strikers di- are a I little selfish.
1: Uh, I hate it when he doesn't want to score.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, Also, this thing I I completely spaced on at the game. I knew before the game that Greg Berhalter was there because the U.S. men's national team is in town training uh, for Thursday night's game against Ecuador at Orlando City Stadium. And I wondered if, you know, because there were all these forwards got called up, they were all from MLS, and Dwyer didn't get the call, if he was maybe a little nervous playing in front of Greg Berhalter. We didn't get a chance to ask him. We didn't talk to Dom after the game. But I, I wondered if he might have been pressing a little bit.
1: You know, that's that's an interesting thought. Uh, could be, uh, you know, not that it would have made a difference for obviously this particular camp, but, you know, he might have been thinking, uh, you know, like you said, with the and we'll probably get to talk about the forwards that are there. But, um, you know, hey, here's my opportunity to uh, show uh, Berhalter, you know, what I can do, and then, you know, all of that happens.
0: Yeah. So, unfortunately, uh, they weren't able to get back in the game. Uh, some late substitutions. Uh, brings Santiago Patino on for his MLS debut. And uh, also uh, Josue Colman comes on and surprisingly, he's pulling defenders off. Um, and so Acosta and O'Neill came off and now you're basically playing one at the back. Um, Ask was with Ruan uh, uh, playing right center back and Mendes playing left center back, but they're pushing up the field trying to press and put forwards, uh, put numbers forward. So you're really playing a one-man back line at this point, and it's no surprise Montreal's able to create a turnover and um, score again. A, a Sasha, Sasha Kleshin didn't have a great game. Uh, he didn't play as poorly as some people would have you believe, but if you know, certainly wasn't his best game of the season. I think that he works much better in the midfield with Johnson than he does with Aguita but. I mean, Mendez had no business giving him the ball where he did, and so all he could do is try to get rid of it quickly. He turned and tried to get rid of it. It was deflected by Harry Novillo, and of course, it was deflected, the one place you don't want it deflected, to Ignacio Piatti. (laughs) Once again, uh, and now Mendez, who was out of position because he was pushed up forward and making that pass, and Ruan, who was up the field, you've basically got Piatti on, uh, or Piatti and Novillo on Asquez and uh, Asquez did a good job of taking away the pass uh, so that left uh, Piatti to go 1v1 with the keeper now kleshen did try to recover and defend it but you're asking Sasha kleshen to defend 1v1 against Ignacio Piatti that's not going to go well um, no you know, it's not that doesn't go not, well for anybody but Piatti he's an attacking midfielder Sasha he's not a defensive midfielder <laughs> so um, no he wasn't able to close him down enough and it made it 3-0 and That was pretty much a game set match at that point. Then uh, Santiago Patino with a nice play to get Dom Dwyer a tap in. uh, First MLS assist for Patino. The Orlando area, um, not really a native, but he grew up here. uh, And that was a kind of a little bit of a a feel-good ending to the game uh, because he was able to get that uh, assist.
1: a true silver lining, as all all dark clouds except for the outside of it. Um, you know, the start of the game, you feel good. The end of the game, okay, you have that nice little uh, assist for him, and uh, with the rest of it, all not being very good. But there we are.
0: I mean, they kept fighting. I mean, it was it was not like They they laid down and gave up. They did try to to fight right to the end, and it just was too big of a hole to climb out of against a good team. And, and when you miss those opportunities, it, it not only keeps you from getting goals that you need to get back in the game, but it also saps your, your, um, you know, your your morale a bit when you're missing those opportunities. And, you know, certainly, uh, well, you know, Dom's not the only one that missed some, he missed several chances. Uh, but, you know, there were some chances where Rowan got in the in the box and he sent, I don't know if it was a cross or a pass. Either way, it was not a good one. Uh, it went wide of the far post. And then you had um, another opportunity where he got loose in the box and he, he throws it through the six and nobody's making a back post run. And so, therefore, there's nobody there to tap it into an empty net. And, you know, it, at the end, it, it uh, there was another opportunity for Orlando. Uh, and this came in a little bit of a controversy, but there was a – an injury to Novillo uh, on a fifty-fifty aerial ball that uh, Tim Ford blew the whistle. It had been a chippy game up to that point. This was there really, really wasn't that much contact. Novillo stayed down; he was holding his head because that's what you do. And sure, uh, he stops the game. And Orlando players are visibly upset. They you know they wanted to play on and keep getting on with it. They didn't want the time wasting. They were assuming, you know, not a real injury. He's milking this. It's time wasting tactics and that kind of thing, and probably they're right, but, you know, the only one who knows for sure is Novillo. but, right, right. um, so there's a drop ball situation, it wasn't a free kick, but, uh, Krishna Gita plays the ball forward to Patino, and Patino just takes the ball, and he just heads, you know, he's a young guy, energetic, he, he's enthusiastic, he's, he wants to make his mark, he heads for the, for the, uh, goal, Uh, sends across to Dom, but he can't quite get his pass right. And it goes a little too far in front of Dom. So it wasn't, it was nearly a a, a carbon copy of the the earlier goal with the tap in um, for Dom, but it was a little too far out in front. Then Dom recovered it, crossed it over the six yard box. Patino heads it toward goal and he actually hits Chris Mueller with the ball. Uh, And it probably, (laughs) if Mueller's not there, it probably goes in and it's three, two. Um, Right. And uh, then, uh, you know, the ball gets knocked out uh, for a throw-in, and uh, then it kind of became a little bit of anarchy, a lot of pushing and shoving. Of course, Montreal didn't like the fact that Orlando played the drop ball rather than uh, gave the ball up, like you, you know, you're sporting, uh, you're supposed to do in a sporting manner when the the ref stops play and says, "Here, I'm gonna drop the ball. You give it to the other team." And it would be interesting to know what Tim Ford actually said on that play because it looked like there was some confusion. James O'Connor apologized for that to Montreal after the game. He said, that's not who we are. That's, that's not acceptable. And, uh, you know, clearly, um, the players on the field were not happy with the, uh, with the Novillo, their perceived or their perception of him, uh, time wasting an injury uh, and that kind of thing. So, um, but that doesn't excuse it. If, if he was told to give it, you know, to, to knock it down the field, you know, then he should have knocked it down the field or, um you know maybe it's just a matter of that's where he put it and Patino just happened to be there and went oh look I got the ball in the open field and, <laughs> and it took off i don't i don't know we did, we actually didn't ask Santiago after the game because in in the the flow of the game I, literally the entire press box was not really sure what had just happened um but it was uh, it was interesting and it would have been uh it would have really riled up Montreal had uh, Patino's header gone in the net But uh, it did not. The game ended shortly thereafter. 3-1 win for Montreal and Orlando City. Dave, I hate to break this to you. Not going undefeated in
2: 2019.
0: Oh, man.
1: You know, I
0: had hope up until Saturday. Not really. Well, it's gone. And guess what?
1: That means that uh, we don't have to worry about that.
0: Uh, It means New York Red Bulls are next and D.C. United are next, so it's probably going to be two more losses before we see any chance. uh, I
1: like (laughs) my answer better.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you would. It's a subjective thing. (laughs) So we still have to do this man of the match thing, Dave. So uh, who's your man of the match for the 3-1 loss to Montreal?
1: Uh for me, it's, it's gotta be Brian Rowe. I mean, um, he had a ton of saves. I know that there are people out there who think that anybody who gives up three goals, uh, shouldn't get man of the match. But if you stop as many as he did, uh, and only give up three, especially when some of them, there's not a darn thing you can do about it. Um, and that's just the, the shot stop. That's not even including the other things he did. Um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, potential, uh, shots, uh, it's, um, yeah, it, unfortunately, it was a no-brainer on that one. I, I wish that there had been somebody else that had been a little bit more competitive for the man of the match, but for me, it's Brian Rowe.
0: Yeah, I agree, and it's a, the caveat is, obviously, he wins it by default uh, right. because no one else really deserved it, and he kept the game from being you know, five or six goals for the visitors. I mean, he really made some big stops. He made some big plays that weren't even saves where he came off the line to get the ball first. Uh, one time with, where Piotti would have been in one on one, and he read the ball really well in the air. I thought he I thought he played really well, with the exception of his his distribution was awful again, especially in the first half. I think it, it was a little better in the second half. I think he he finished with around a 47% passing accuracy, which is not acceptable. But um, and, and obviously the three goals, you're not going to stop any of those I mean he wasn't even in a position where he could do anything about the second one he he, he saw what was happening and he tried to make a play and if he was a little faster <laughs> if he were <laughs> half a step faster he gets that ball right before Rudy does and maybe uh, maybe diffuses the situation but um, yeah. you know at that point you just want a guy to make a decision are you coming or are you not coming and if you come you better just keep coming because, right. you know, a lot of things can happen, but if you if you change your mind midway, you're done. You're, you're definitely giving up a goal. Um, you just have to cross your fingers and hope the guy misses the target. But, uh, you know, I can't fault him for any of the three goals in terms of being able to stop them. And uh, it could have been a whole lot worse. It, and we've given that to Bendick before in the past. You and I have given yeah. Joe Bendik a, a man of the match when the team has gotten shelled and, and he's kept them, mm-hmm. from, kept them from losing by five or six goals. So I think it's only fair that we do it here.
1: Especially since nobody else stepped up and anything better.
0: Yeah, nobody earned it. Um, you know, you could talk about the fact that, you know, Dwyer put himself in position to make those goals, but he didn't.
1: And if he had, we'd be talking about him as man of the match.
0: You know, he got six shots off and uh, two of them were on target. Uh, but, you know, one of those was uh, a header right at the goalkeeper, which, again, that was another one of those chances that could have been a goal and on another day would have been. Um, you know, it's a, a game where Dwyer could have could have easily scored a hat trick and, and possibly more uh, with the opportunities he was given. Nani gave him two beautiful passes in this game, uh, but he wasn't able to finish either one. Um. Anyway, that's it. Um, you know, there's a trip to Montreal, maybe get revenge, but other than that, it's on to the next one. Do we have to? Yeah, got to. we've Got to go do it against the Red Bulls. And, uh, you know, fun fact, there won't be a Will Johnson because of concussion protocol. Uh, there won't be a uh, Sebas Mendez because he's on international duty and he will probably be playing on Thursday against the U.S., uh, and I'm not sure if Ecuador. I'm sure Ecuador probably has a second friendly lined up after that, but um, so he's probably not going to play. Uh, you've got also uh, Kamal Miller was called up to Canadian national team uh, as a replacement, ironically for Will Johnson. So uh, Kamal Miller won't be available. So there's some guys that are out, and um,
1: none of none of those are fun.
0: Yeah, it, it's and you're going on the road to play. You know the supporter shield winners. And right, kind of good. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, they. It's
0: not. It's not great, Bob. <laughs>
1: it's, it's not great, Bob. Definitely not.
0: <laughs> we'll talk a little uh, bit more oh. about the Red Bulls later in the game. The Red Bulls, by the way, are two and one on the season. Um, and then, uh, of course, then uh, you got DC United the week after, which is a team that's two zero oh, and one and tied atop the Eastern Conference and has looked like one of the best teams in the league since getting Wayne Rooney last year. So yeah. anyway, um, <laughs> let's talk a little Just bit about get... the, or- <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the Orlando pride, Dave pride with yes, a, uh, they announced a new roster uh, or some roster updates this week. Really nothing earth shattering. They basically wanted to say, uh, look, uh, our international players have come back. And so that's basically what it was about. Ashlyn Harris, Alana Kennedy, uh, Shalina Zdorsky, Emily Van Eggman, Alex Morgan, Chia Bogugu, and Marta all back. Uh, We've heard Camilla is back in town. Not sure she's trained yet, but she's back in town after uh, some last minute green card uh, paperwork uh, back in Brazil. So the whole team should be here. Uh, Defender Kim Reynolds has left camp. She was a non-roster invitee, uh, but Joining the camp has been uh, two new non-roster invitees, midfielder Leah Mohamed, Mohammadi, or Mohammadi, I'm not sure which way that's pronounced, and forward Caitlin Farrell. And uh, they are from uh, Harvard and Georgetown, uh, respectively. And uh, the, uh, you know, both pretty decent college players that just didn't happen to get drafted. And uh, Farrell not getting drafted was a little bit surprising um. So, uh, you know, one of those players that probably could have been drafted, but we'll see. And she fills uh, certainly a, a position of need on the Pride. The Pride definitely in need of strikers because they are going to lose uh, Morgan for the World Cup and probably a good yep. chunk before that. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Chia Bogugu, if she's been playing up on the forward line and if Marta's been playing on the forward line, Um, then they're both going to be gone as well. At least uh, Marta for sure. She most likely uh, all it would take would be one attacker injury for England. And she is probably right there in the rotation. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if this team, uh, this pride team, which by the way, the pride go on the road this weekend, Saturday, they play at North Carolina for their first preseason game. So a good first test for Mark Skinner's group. Um went to Pride Media Day last week and it was uh it was interesting getting to talk to them. Of course, it was weird because they other than Allie Krieger, everybody that they brought in was somebody that had only been in town for like two days. <laughs> it was like it was all the internationals. And yes, you want to talk to the star players, but it would have been really great if the Pride had given us somebody like uh, Danny Weatherholt, you know somebody that you know that mm-hmm. has been there in camp and has, has spent some time with Mark and that kind of thing. Some, you know, one of the one of the players that has been around, maybe a Tony Presley or somebody. Uh, somebody but I could
1: actually tell you something.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Skinner and uh, and, and GM Eric Ustr- Ustruck were at the uh, the presser to kick off media day there, and it was it was interesting. They kind of made it sound like they've identified players that they want to maybe add. Or, or positions at least that they want to they want to bulk up, but they're they're giving people a chance to win those jobs at camp, and it looks like with an international slot that was earned on the Christine Nairn trade, um, and now maybe Camilla freeing up a, another international slot, it looks like maybe a couple of Mark's old uh, players over at Birmingham City maybe coming over here, or maybe somebody from Wolfsburg from that new partnership, uh, but it it there should be some additions and hopefully not players that are going to be gone during the world cup.
1: Right. Well, we talked about this before. I mean, having, having trialists, uh, you know, and to do that, um, having others trying to earn those positions, that's, that was completely what we expected with, uh, this world cup year. So, uh, you know, none of this is surprising. Um, yeah, we already know a ton of people are going to be, uh, out on the internet for a, good part of the year so uh you're going to see these other players um how, how well mark skinner is able to identify the people he wants to work in his system that will go a long way towards uh, how the pride do this season um it's it's one of those things where of course you know we're big fans of the u.s Women's national team and uh you, know, you hate to see uh you know harris and i'm uh, going and of course we even more when the uh, women who play on teams that are not the U.S. Women's National Team go, because we really rather they stayed with the Pride. But uh, it's uh, it, it's the quality of this, this season, and um, you know, t- I guess take the opportunity to um, see some of these other players who you know you might not have been able to be, and who knows, maybe so, you know out of out of that we we get some. Uh, who really impresses and is able to, you know, stay on even after, you know, for next season after uh, everybody gets back?
0: Absolutely. So uh, the Pride got a first preseason game coming up. I did ask uh, at the press conference if there was. I um, asked Eric Ustruck. Uh, he said in the next few days they should have the f- full preseason schedule out. Uh, they didn't announce any other fixtures. Mark Skinner said that they were going to be fixtures that test the players so or that challenge the players and you know so it doesn't seem like they want to just do the same old play a college team four times and then get into the season like they did in the past but um i don't know know, fsu
1: challenged some pretty good last season
0: (laughs) yeah but i mean you know i know there was i was was there
1: i was there there were a ton of trialists i'm i'm joking
0: so I mean, it's it's not, and 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 Alex Morgan even said, you know, you don't really get a lot out of those um, those preseason games. You get a little bit of time uh, to work with the teammates in preseason and, and kind of build some chemistry. But you know, you're not moving at, the, at NWSL game speed. You have you have more time on the ball and and than you would, right. and that kind of thing. So anyway, um, it will be interesting to see what that schedule sort of looks like because there's not a lot of money spent on, on preseason uh, in the NWSL and, and it would be nice, like I brought up the, the possibility of doing a tournament like Orlando City did this year with the Orlando City Invitational um, Eric Eustruck said that you know that by the time they get in their preseason the MLS team's already playing so availability of the stadium is a little difficult to come by but he said maybe if, it, if they could work it out with the schedule uh, they could do it or maybe if they could find an alternate venue uh, they can do it, you know, say like a, a Disney wide world of sports or UCF or something. Uh, it might, might be doable, but I mean, it, the the obvious is just do it during the weekdays cause it's preseason anyway. And sure. <laughs> you know, and then, then you're going to steer clear of the men's team cause they're going to be playing on the weekends. So, um, but at any rate, uh, excited to get the NWS NWSL season going and to see where this team goes. Um, Seawolves had another split of their two games this past weekend. So the MASL team is still chasing a playoff spot. They're still behind a couple of teams uh, in the South Central Division. Uh, not doing too poorly for an expansion team, but uh, you know they took care of the tropics on Friday night. So they lead the Florida Derby series this year three games to two, and they led that thing pretty much start to finish. And right. then uh, Kansas City came in on Saturday – and that, and Kansas City jumped on them early and often, and then uh, the Seawolves tried to fight their way back into it. Not a very easy thing to do when you're playing two games back to back nights, and you're already stretched a little bit. Uh, the Seawolves are playing a lot of guys that are banged up. They're playing a lot of guys who are, um, you know, because it's a lot like hockey in terms of getting, you know, players getting on the field. Uh, you're you're trying to play your best players because you need a result. So. They're wearing down yeah. their best players by playing them more minutes. Uh, they're trying to do what they can to save them as much as they can. But I mean, at this time of year, it's just a lot of wear and tear on these guys. And there's not a, there's not the depth that some of the teams that have been around have. And uh, they just added some new guys recently, four new guys. But uh, they haven't had time to gel yet too much either. So it's one of those things where if if they can survive this inaugural season and and get into next season, they may be able to build. A little bit of a deeper team, and you might see a little bit better results next year. But they've been in just about every game this year, Dave. They've been, uh, you know, even games that they seem like they're out of when they're down five or six goals, they somehow find a way to battle back and to get back in these games. And and you know, they don't always pull them off, but sometimes, um, you know, it's just a matter of uh, you know a bounce here or there could have been the difference in in getting them over the hump. So uh, I mean, in, still fun to in watch. my
1: estimation. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're pretty good for an expansion team. And like you said, they've been in games. Uh, it is a blast to watch. So, uh, well, sorry, probably shouldn't use that since Baltimore is that. Uh, it is a lot of fun to watch, um, you know, and if you haven't been doing so, I mean, obviously for those of you in Orlando, uh, it's a cheap night out. You know, go go support the team. For those like me out of, uh you can find online and, and watch in the comfort of your home. So, yeah. Um, Anytime you've got a you know uh, inaugural season like that uh, on an expansion team, you're going to get what you're going to get. Enjoy the ride.
0: Yeah, they're they're very much in this thing right now. The top two teams from each division make the playoffs. The Milwaukee Wave have uh, run away with the division. They're 17 and three, and they are atop the division, and uh, they uh, have already clinched the spot. Now the second place team is Kansas City. Mm-hmm would have been really huge if, if Orlando could have beaten them on Saturday, but they did not. So Kansas City 10 and 10 is sitting in second place. Then St. Louis has played two more games than anyone else in the division, and they are 10 and 12. And then Orlando's sitting at eight and 10. So Orlando has two games in hand on Kansas City and four games in hand on St. Louis. So they have the games available to them that if they win them they can pass all these teams pretty easily but they have to win them and they they only have like six games left they're they're gonna have to uh probably win i think four might do it but five would really do it but that's not going to be easy because they do play i do believe they play milwaukee again and uh but they do get to play florida again at home and they have done pretty well against them so uh, it just so comes down right to, to say there's a chance. Yeah. And they got to beat Kansas city. That's a very important head to head game, uh, coming up. So, um, then they play, I think play a couple of, a couple of out of division games. Harrisburg is a very beatable team. They're seven and 12. They play, uh, but they do play at Baltimore and Baltimore is a very good team as well. They're 13 and six. So, uh, that's going to be difficult as well. So they're going to have to steal one either against Baltimore or Milwaukee, I think. But it's doable. And it's uh, doable. It's, it's probably just going to come down to the just the wear and tear on the star players um, and, and the fact that they had to play so many back-to-backs down the stretch. In the end, will probably keep them out, I'm guessing. Uh, but a really valiant effort for this team, especially with... Um, you know they started the season without Victor France. He was hurt. He came back in. He got hurt again. Thiago Freitas has been playing with two bum knees, and it's kept him out at times. And even when he's been on the pitch, he's <laughs> the, the poor guy. I think was in St. Louis or Kansas City a couple of weeks ago. He could barely walk. I mean, he he was on the field. He was playing, but he did not look good. And uh, it was uh, it was sad to see, but. Um, Anyway, the the Seawolves have been, uh, they leave it all out on the pitch, and uh, they're fun to go see. So go see them while you still can because the season's winding down. It's a good segue, Dave. I think that's a good segue to talk to our guest tonight. What do you think?
1: It's almost like we're professional.
0: No, it's not like that at all. But (laughs) (laughs) let's get to our special guest. We'll do that right after this. Alright joining us this week on the Mainland podcast happy to have with us from the Orlando Seawolves is Gordy Gerson Gordy thanks for being with us
2: Thanks for having me
0: Gordy the uh, the inaugural season of the Seawolves is uh is hitting the home stretch here and I know that you guys need every game at this point it's it's a really tight race in the division and and um, you know things have been going uh, probably not as well as you'd hope, but pretty good for an expansion team. How's your experience been with the Seawolves this year?
2: Uh, you know, it's it's been a good experience. I mean we've we've had some some ups and some downs as, you know, every team has had in this league, but we've we've gotten through it together and it's nice and you know, we've been through so much together that at the same time it's you know, it's sad to see us not doing so well or as well as we'd like ourselves to be doing.
1: Now You've been in the MASL for quite a few years, um, you know, a veteran. Um, there's obviously some guys who, you know, have come from uh, uh, the regular uh, soccer game, and then you've got, uh, uh, you know, new guys and veterans like yourself. How, how's it been trying to get all that together on an expansion team?
2: Oh, I mean, it's... At the beginning, you know, first first week, it was a little struggle. Guys are doing different styles, and it's, you know, it's changing everybody's game. But little by little, we're adapting more and more, and it started to show in our results, and it started to show in trainings. And, and it's, it's, really, it's really cool to see, actually, the, the difference of the game and how the adaption works. But once the guys get it, and the more repetitions they've been in, and the more times they've seen a, a top-of-the-box set play or a man-down power play is, you know those those things are really key to the indoor game. So once I think these guys keep getting more reps in these situations, I think I think we're just going to keep getting better.
0: Now um, the crowds haven't been huge down at Kissimmee. They, you've, you've had some some diehards though down there in the Wolfpack and everything. Uh, how has you know the Central Florida area here? How 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 are you? How are they the fans embracing the indoor game? Because it's kind of new for those of us here in the Orlando area.
2: Uh, to the people we talk to, I'd say most of them love it. I mean, obviously it's it's a different game than outdoor, but to, to be honest, it's more exciting to watch. There's more goals, it's fast-paced, it's hard-hitting, it's it's just a different type of atmosphere, and on top of that, uh, you know, we're always willing, we're meeting the fans after the game at the Heritage Club. We always, you know, sit down and talk and spend time with, with the people that give back to us to come and watch us. So, I think it's a different kind of vibe than outdoor, but at the end, you know, it's more family-friendly, friend, and it's always a good time.
1: Um, when we talked, to Tom at the beginning uh, or prior to the season, he uh, told me I I need to come down from Tallahassee. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to make it. His pitch was uh, was uh, cheap beer and fast uh, fast paced play. Uh, what would you add to that?
2: Uh, I would say the physicality of the game is completely different. Um, you know, you're constantly one on one with somebody, going up into a battle, up against the boards. You know, it's 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 a lot similar to hockey and basketball. Just, the fast pace. The ball stays in play most of the game, and and there's a lot of goals.
0: So, Gordy, you're, uh, you know, in a, in a season like this, you're you're among the league leaders in goals and points. But uh, I'm sure you would you would probably give some of that up for for more team success are you seeing uh, around the league it it seems to me like there's there's a couple of really really strong teams like Milwaukee and and San Diego and then everybody else is kind of fighting for to be at that next level is that kind of what you're seeing and and how do you how does the rest of the league pull up to those teams level
2: Uh, I'd say the difference between those teams are the the depth um, of the rosters I mean Milwaukee San Diego props to them they have you know, Ian Bennett gets hurt, but they have guys that step up and and take his role. No problem. And, you know, I mean, obviously they're not going to do it like Ian Bennett does, but they have guys that step up and, you know, we're, we're coming down to crunch time where we're having double headers and injuries are starting to hurt us and guys are playing banged up or guys are missing games and it's starting to take a toll on us. And with, with the extra couple of games that they've put in the season, you know, and it's the same amount of time that we've always been playing, but on top of that, we're playing extra games now. So, it's it's just uh you know a lot of our on our bodies we're playing a lot of back-to-backs but uh guys guys got to get through it and we got to find a way to win and that's why you know that's that's how the big teams do it so we got to find a way to be that way
1: now i mentioned tom uh a minute ago uh what's your assessment of how he's done obviously this being his uh first year coaching in MASL. um what, what, what do you what's your assessment of him
2: have mad respect for Tom I think you know I think he's done a lot of compared to the day one to now it's you know it's night and day and I he keeps watching the Milwaukee's and the San Diego's and, and the Baltimore's and he keeps coming up to me and he's asking me questions about film that he's seen and, and stuff like that and, and I really respect all the time that he's put in and, and he's starting to learn the game more and more every day you know sometimes he, he comes up with a good idea that we end up using it works for a goal or he's He's starting to understand we need more possession
0: and, and he's starting to become a, a true MASL coach. Gordy, you, uh, you talked about the injuries and some of the absences. You just had your, recently uh, played your 100th game in MASL, and I know that uh, you guys have been, uh, you know, you've been playing banged up. You mentioned all the back to backs. It, it's, on the one hand, you've got all these games in hand to try to catch up to the teams in front of you. But on the other hand, it's very, very difficult on that second day on back-to-backs, especially when you're playing teams that that did a lot of back-to-backs early in the season. They're better rested. Uh, no, you know, no Tiago Freitas for part of this uh, recent stretch. No uh, Victor France for portions of this season. How how badly uh, have you guys missed those guys this year? Because you, I mean, you're only you've been in every game just about i mean there haven't been many blowouts. you guys you've have played a lot of close games
2: yeah I, um honestly i think you know missing at thiago every every game he's not on the field is is always a downfall for us he's definitely one of the top players in the league he's unreal with keeping the ball and he's unreal one to one and he he understands his role just as just as much as everybody else does on their team and and we, we need a guy like Tiago, including a guy like Victor, where yeah, he's not always putting up all the points but he's always in the right spots and he's he's doing his role which is which always helps us with the team. So having those veterans and having those players uh, you know, missing and back to backs and missing some of these crucial games is, is very crucial for us. So but I you know, like I said, I think we just need to, to understand we're in the crunch time right now. We have six games. We gotta win four or five of them to guarantee ourselves a playoff spot. So we're going to need some guys to step up in big moments, and this is what it's about.
1: Well, speaking of uh, of that and making that final push, um, what are the uh, the the key factors? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, like saying guys need to step up. But you know, what what in particular does the team need to do to get those results?
2: Uh, you know, we just we need to possess the ball a little bit more and be a little bit more patient. We need to make sure that we take care of all of our games. Obviously we've got to take it one game at a time. We have three double headers, so we have six games left and uh gotta win the one against Kansas City. That's obviously the most crucial game in the series. And we just gotta make sure we end up with more wins in them at the end of the season.
0: You know, Gordy, before we let you go, we, we you know, we have uh we've been watching Orlando City for years and that's what we primarily write about and, and we've seen, you know, some of our Ex players come in and play there. Luke Bowden, who has had not been playing recently, uh, Lewis Neal, and, and Johnny Mendoza. Uh, tell us a little bit about their progression as indoor players.
2: Oh, I mean, Johnny is a huge part to our team. I mean, he's on the, our man down. He's on our 6 attacker defense, and the guy can just run. I love his motor. He, he's getting really good to be to understanding now what spots to be in, when to press, when not to press, and uh, you know as they're learning the game more and more it's just it's so much fun to watch them play because they're incredible outdoor players as you can tell obviously and they they come into here and they're just learning a game and they they're now, you know, excelling at the indoor game and Lewis Neal is one of the best players I'd say on the ball in possession in this game and he's starting to learn like his role more on the team and we you know, obviously he doesn't really he doesn't come on the away trips but when we have him at home he's he's huge for us and it's so nice them on the ball
0: well Gordy Gerson we appreciate your time I know you haven't been feeling great we uh, will be certainly watching you guys the Seawolves with another couple of back to backs this weekend 22nd you guys are in Baltimore on Friday and Harrisburg on Saturday the next home game that fans can come out and support the Seawolves it's 29th against Kansas City and then you you get a, a rare day off between games there and you You play at Milwaukee, though, on uh, Sunday afternoon. So, again, not an easy trip. But uh, we wish you the best. We appreciate you coming on the show. And, uh, you know, we we know you're closing in on a career high in goals in MASL. So, uh, good luck to you. Thank you, guys. I
2: appreciate it. Hope to see you guys at a game.
0: All right. Thanks again to Gordy Gerson for uh, being with us on the show. We we understand he's been under the weather today, so we really appreciate him being on. Um, and uh, we had a we had one of the lions was lined up this week, uh, but his uh, his furniture arrived today uh, as we were we were preparing to record. So um, he was called away uh, by the wife to help him uh, to help her uh, get the house ready. So we can't argue with that.
1: I was going to say about both men. Um, the one that didn't make it, he was a pro because of what his wife told him. Uh, and Gordy was a pro for coming on, not feeling on, still doing the interview. So, you know, kudos to both.
0: Absolutely. So, Dave, let's get to some listener mail. There are two ways that people can ask us literally anything here at the Mainland Podcast, and we will give you an answer, whether it's the right answer or not. You will get one. We will give you an answer, we promise. Uh, there's two ways to do it. You can do it on Twitter. We are at the Mainland, and uh, you can hit us up, the Mainland, uh, at the Mainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC, which TMLPC, of course, is shorthand for the Mainland Podcast. So AskTMLPC hashtag on Twitter, or you can email us themainland at gmail.com. Ask us anything. We'll answer. Uh, okay so this week Dave I only saw one question.
1: Uh, that's all I saw on
0: Twitch and it was from uh, a guy who gets he asked us a lot of, of he's he, he's acts he's definitely friend of the podcast. He's friend of the podcast. Asked us a lot of questions over uh the past um, I don't know how long we've been doing this way too long. Uh Ryan Smith is the the reader or listener. Maybe maybe he reads us, but he definitely listens to the podcast. Hopefully both. Huh? Yeah, so uh, we will <laughs> we will <answer laughs> Ryan, let Ryan's us know in questions. the comments section of one of the articles. Yeah, ask us, Ryan. Ask, let us know if, or if if you're just a listener or if you're also a reader. He's a he's a Twitter follower, so there's that. Yes. Okay. So anyway, we'll, what does Ryan have to say? Ryan says hypothetical Orlando City Stadium finally sells naming rights to become blank. Stadium, what is the funniest legit sponsor name you can imagine? And two, what would you actually like to get?
1: Um, um, I think they might actually be both. Um, I would love it to be PubSub Stadium. And obviously PubLix would be the sponsor, but we wouldn't even put... on the, on the building. It would be Pub Sub Stadium. Uh, I think it flows really well. Uh, if you're in Central Florida or if you're in Florida for that matter, you know what they're talking about. It's funny and it's cool and we already have a partnership with Publix and then you can get Pub Subs Stadium. I think it's a win-win-win.
0: All right. Uh, I like the idea of the name Publix Park as a stadium name would be great. Uh, it's way it rolls, more
1: fancy than mine
0: <laughs> it rolls off the public's park rolls off the tongue it, it is it i mean it almost doesn't sound like a sponsor because no, it sounds it like doesn't. you know because it sounds like you know hey, it's a public park um so i that's the one I would like to see that was that's and a that legitimate could you one use
1: like putub stadium as the nickname
0: um I think that the i think the funniest legitimate sponsor name would be something. Something goofy sounding, like, um, you know those blanket things that you put your arms like through—those snuggies. You know the snuggies <laughs> that they sell on TV. Yeah. Like snuggie yeah. St- Snuggy stadium would be funny. That would sound funny to me. I would laugh. At that. I would laugh at that. Of course. You oh know, no! What flex flex seal? Flex yeah, flex seal.
1: Yeah. Hmm. If you know flex seal. Yeah, I know what whole... it is. No, no, yeah. but there's a whole YouTube on it. Well, the younger know, listeners, all, one of them, know what I'm talking about. All right.
0: Well, all I know is a snuggie is a funnier word than flex seal. So okay, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, something like that would be funny. Of course, we could go, uh, we could go the basketball route and and really, um, you know, you know, Viagra or something like that. But that would be kind of sad, actually, more than funny.
1: <laughs> I think you and I would both like it if, you know, if one of the breweries stepped up and did something. I mean, Brew Hub Stadium or uh, what's what's one of the other big ones down there? Um,
0: well, uh, I mean, there's Orlando Cigar
1: Brewing. Cigar City Stadium. No, no, I no. Mean, we're going to have to go. For somebody to the gaming race, right, they're going to have to have a lot of money. I'm thinking maybe Cigar they City. Are. They
0: are. But I can always uh, – I can always uh... – hope that some of these local breweries hit it big but uh, yeah it it would be it would be kind of cool but I mean a lot of people like to talk Dave about the stadium naming rights not being sold and I'm just enjoying it being called Orlando City Stadium before it's called something like Seat Geek Stadium or Map Free Map Free yeah Map Free it's uh, whatever I I don't like it
1: it's Yeah, there's nothing to complain about with Orlando City Stadium.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, sure, it's less money going into the front office, but at the same time, you know, you get to enjoy a a good name rather than something goofy that you have no control over.
1: What we're saying is keep it classy.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, thank you, Ryan Smith, for being the only one to ask us anything this week. At least I, I believe you were. I didn't see any others, so if... If you sent us a question... I didn't see anything either. If you sent us a question, it got lost somehow. Because I haven't seen one other than that. So,
1: Or why you ask us a question.
0: Yeah, ask us a question. Ask us anything. TheMainland at gmail.com or on Twitter at TheMainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC. Alright, Dave. Um, so before we get to the New York Red Bulls game this weekend. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the other game going on at Orlando City Stadium, soon to be named Snuggy Stadium or Publix Park or something. Um, this Thursday, the US, U.S. men's national team is in action against Ecuador, and Sebas Mendez is coming to terrorize the United States. Um, mm-hmm. You're not coming down from Tallahassee for this game, are you?
1: I had originally planned on trying to make it down for this one, and then events conspired against me. So, unfortunately, no, I will not make it down. I'm actually working that day, which is weird because usually that Thursday is my day off.
0: Okay. I I'll, By the way, I want to apologize. We, we are having some uh, technical issues tonight with Dave's... Some of Dave's... Oh. Uh, some of Dave's stuff is kind of garbling for me. It's oh. like two words are kind of squishing together when he talks, so... And, uh, I don't know Dave if it'll help you if you speak slower but um maybe Can
1: you hear me now
0: Yeah the hearing isn't the problem the problem is that Skype is doing weird things to your voice tonight It wasn't in the first I segment.
1: will speak slower then.
0: <laughs> anyway the uh yeah I'm going to the game as a fan where Scott Crumbley has a, a credential he'll be covering the game and recapping it um doing the live tweeting thing so we'll still be able to bring you coverage uh, I'll still be able to actually go and have some fun maybe although who knows because the forwards that got called up are not uh, not they're leaving, <laughs> a, they're leaving a lot to be desired Dave
1: are you saying that you don't you're not looking forward to Jossie's r
0: Um. well I mean if we play the Jossy drinking game where every time he's a heavy touch you drink then I won't be able to go home after the game um, unless I uber you know like a sixty dollar uber home.
1: that do no, me you're making a big assumption that you would be able to actually work your phone enough to get an Uber after playing that game
0: that is an assumption that is yeah. absolutely it's, but, it's uh, a lot of
1: heavy that's a lot of heavy touches,
0: yeah you know i'm i just Jossie just doesn't do it for me anyway paul Paul <laughs> Ariola has been playing well for d c United. Uh, yes. Corey Baird of Rail Salt Lake, Jonathan Lewis of New York City FC and Jordan Morris, who also has been playing quite well for Seattle. Uh, Christian Ramirez and Zardes, of course, uh, no Josie Altador, no Bobby Wood. Uh, there is no, uh, no Tim, Tim Weah. Wea. Yep. And um, Josh, Sargent. Uh, no Josh Sargent. Those two are probably going to be earmarked for the U23s uh, and be part of the Olympic qualifying. By the way. Olympic Correct. qualifying will take part under, take place under former Orlando City head coach Jason Christ, who was named today as the U twenty three team uh, manager. Excellent. Yeah, I saw that.
1: You, you know what? what? Good for him.
0: Good for Jason. Um, hopefully, he'll do well. I mean, I'm I'm certainly not going to root against him. I know there. No. Yeah. There are Christ haters out there that are probably very upset with the the uh, appointment, but. Uh, he definitely um, is somebody who's well versed in the national team setup and um, you know I think that he's qualified to handle the job and whether whether it does a good job or not that remains to be seen and I do want to apologize to Adrian Heath for jinxing him last week when I said how great uh-uh, the Minnesota yes. has been doing, and then they they lose to the galaxy, although they've been playing on the road Dave, and it's not mm-hmm. easy to play on the road and in, in fact they were they were down. Two goals twice they battled back almost uh, almost came back to get a point in that game, so um they still scored two goals on the road so uh, they are playing pretty decent soccer for the most part um I think they gave up i want to say they gave up a penalty in that game which is part of why they were behind um so
1: can't do that I'm sure I'm <laughs> sure that Inch, um, no you can't and I'm sure she is very grateful for your apology
0: yeah so sorry Angie. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I'm going to have some fun here at this uh, U.S. game. Hopefully the, they'll go out and get a victory. I've only seen them in person once, and uh, they won that game handily, and uh, they scored some goals in front of me, which was nice. Christian Pulisic had a great game, and he will be in the lineup uh, this week. Uh, also, what did you make of the announcement that Berhalter's going to play Yedlin up at at the wing and move Tyler Adams uh, back to right back. I
1: don't know to make of it, to be honest with you. I mean, that's it. it uh, uh, Berhalter, you know, he obviously has a vision for what he wants to do with things. And of course, you know, we're still, it's a camp, you know, he may still be trying things out. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, but is uh, just to watch and see, you know, what, how that helps if, or if it helps at all. So I, you know, you make of it.
0: I, I th- I see what he's trying to do. And I think it's interesting. And I, I'm, I've never been huge on Yedlin as a defender uh, per se. So I think it, it, it speaks. Right. I think it speaks to the fact that he wants to shore up the back. Cause Tyler Adams is a good defensive player. Um, you know, if he plans to use Will Trapp and and Michael Bradley uh, in the midfield more, um, you know, this gives Tyler Adams, you know, somewhere to play. It gets his better right. players on the field. So maybe he's just trying to work more of his best players onto the field. Um, and whatever and the case, Goodland's you know. the one that
1: gets moved around right.
0: Right. Whatever the case, a lot of guys play different positions for their national team than they do uh, for their club team. Uh, for example, Fabian Johnson uh, famously uh, was more of an advanced player for uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach than he was uh, when he played for the U.S. He was typically a left back. So, uh, and we all,
1: all remember the Berkshire, uh experiments.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I think it's interesting. I can't wait to see how it works or if it works. And, um, you know, Greg Berhalter's a pretty smart guy. I have a lot of respect for him. So um, if he wants to try it, I think it's worth trying. And uh, there's no, you know, there's there's nothing that says he has to stay with it if things aren't working. So that's my take. I know it's a hot one. Try not to get burned. Oh,
1: <laughs> you know, right. I think the biggest takeaway uh, for me was, you know, everybody was a little up in arms about Wayne uh, and Josh Sargent not being there. And, and like you said, they're going to be most likely allocated to the U23s um, because they actually have a, you know, that gives them a good chance with the Olympics. It makes perfect sense from a top-to-bottom, you know, U.S. program point of view, um, especially when all you're talking about is some friendlies. So go ahead and do it that way. Uh, it gives some of the other guys a chance to get in there. And, you know, we're almost certainly going to have way Char- sergeant back, uh, you know, a uh, little bit later. So I, I, I don't see a problem with it.
0: Uh, the other news out of the U.S. is that Zach Steffen had to withdraw due to injury, so he won't be playing goal uh, on Thursday night. It will be either Sean Johnson, Ethan Horvath, or uh, probably not call, not the guy they just called up to replace Steffen, Jesse Gonzalez, but um, you never know. It might be a half for one guy and a half for another guy, so um, yeah. being that it's a friendly, you might get one guy in one game and one in the other, or... Or maybe one guy gets 90 and the other two get 45. It's hard to say what uh, what Greg will do in this camp, but uh, they are friendlies, and that's what friendlies are for. So uh, other guys that are involved, John Brooks, uh, Omar Gonzalez, so some veterans on the back line, along with Nick Lima, who did well his last time out when he first uh, mm-hmm. got his first two caps. Aaron Long back in the setup. Uh, Daniel Lovitz, a guy who just played here the other day with Montreal Impact. Uh, Matt Miazga has come over for this Tim Ream also from Fulham and, uh, and Yedlin who is going to be pushed forward to a wing Tyler Adams we mentioned Michael Bradley is here Sebastian Lejet who's been playing uh, better and better since his return from injury uh, Weston McKinney is here for this Christian Pulisic uh, Christian Roldan from uh, Seattle and Will Trapp so um, you know it's it's, it's not, not all as of bad the, as it could be <laughs> It's not all of the top players, but it's, it's also, um, you know, it's some of the best we have (laughs) at this point. So, um, a a truer
1: statement has never been said about the U.S. men's (laughs) national.
0: So we'll see what happens on Thursday. I'm looking forward to, to checking it out. And I'm hoping that the the team, or I'm I'm hoping that the city turns out for the team. I know it's a weeknight, but, um, I think only 12,000 seats were sold in advance as of, uh, day before yesterday, I want to say. It's a 25,000 seat stadium. I know it's a friendly, I know it's a weeknight, but come out and support the team. If you want this team to keep coming back, you've got to come out and support it.
1: Christian Pulisic literally in his uh, post-Trinidad and Tobago um, article pointed to the Orlando uh, match as a high point of teams you know run up to that that huge disappointment and uh it is it showed why the u.s should play in our stadium so it would be a huge disappointment um if we weren't able to show up again and like you said friendly not friendly it doesn't matter if the u.s men's or women's national team shows up there we should pack that thing out
0: yeah, I saw some people complaining about the, the ticket cost, but I mean I think my ticket was half half of what I paid for the World Cup qualifier. So there are inexpensive seats too. Yeah. I think it was almost the same seat too. It was a little closer to the corner. It was a little closer to the corner, but it was it was basically the same seat. So anyway, uh hope to see you out there on Thursday. Dave, let's get to it. We can't put it off any longer. We've tried. Okay. New York Red Bulls, Orlando City in Red Bull Arena on Saturday night, 7.30. Who do you got? What's your score prediction? Who? What is your key matchup for this match?
1: My key matchup is almost identical to last week. It's the defense, the back line. Um, I'm going to leave Ryan Rowe out of this because I just gave him a man of the match. But um, the the mid the in the back line... Uh, Against Bradley Wright Phillips. Now I know that Phillips has not scored a ton of scored a ton of goals yet this season, but he is notorious for being hard against us. So I think that's uh, that's that's going to be the key matchup. Unfortunately, uh, if New York was to win, they go to I believe three and one, um, and that's going to be the score three to one.
0: All right, so they won't have – I know they won't have Aaron Long, uh, but they still have a very formidable team, and they Mm -hmm. are no longer in the CONCACAF Champions League, so they're not going to have to sit anybody. Um, Nope. timing. I'm going to say, for me, the key matchup – I think it's very, very important for Orlando City to get the first goal. I think that they – Need to get the first goal for through the first three games, they've gotten some scoring chances and, mm-hmm. um, you know, probably more this more good scoring chances than we were used to seeing last year. So, I'm going to say that for me, the key matchup is going to be Dom Dwyer and whoever's partner is probably Nani or if it's a three man front, Nani and Mueller, those guys against Luis Robles. Got to okay. beat him, got to get one in the net got to get the confidence going and, and play a good solid road game like they did against Chicago. That to me is the key matchup of the game. That said, (laughs) my, uh, my score prediction is going to be three, one Red Bulls. Um, maybe it's the three, two with a late garbage goal, but, um, I I don't see Orlando City at New York's level right now, and I think I'm going to say the same thing next week when we talk about DC United. So, um, no spillers. It, it, it's a rough part of the season, but I th- I'm, I'm not expecting this team, and I I've predicted it. In, you know, in writing, I don't think this team makes the playoffs. I don't think Orlando City's making the playoffs. I think that it's some steps in the right direction this year. And if ownership is patient enough to stick with this plan, which they have not been in the past, it could be the first steps toward building something gradually. It's just not going to happen overnight. So uh, I I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to take a victory if we get one, but I'm not expecting one.
1: Well, yeah, neither. The one thing we can be assured of, and it will now not be a three to one, because we've both predicted that, and I don't believe that there's ever been a time where we've both predicted the same thing, and that's actually happened.
0: What did I say last week?
1: 2-2? You said 2 2 I said 2-1, win, and it was a 3-1 loss.
0: Yeah, see, it, it should have been 2-2.
1: Yeah, wasn't. you were clo- you
0: were absolutely way
1: closer than I was <laughs> without uh, a doubt.
0: I mean if if I mean, t- To be fair,
1: to be... I'm the I'm the only one that has a right prediction so far this season.
0: So This season, yes. I think I was right once or twice last year.
1: You were you were
0: All right, well that's going to do it Dave because we don't have any new uh iTunes ratings. If you want if you like what you hear and God help you if you do. Um <laughs> Hey, you're a, not judging. We're not us, judging. Give us a rating or review on iTunes. By the way, Dave, we're no longer an average five rating. We are now an average uh, uh, of four and a half because <gasps> we've gotten a three star rating oh. and we have gotten a four star rating uh, within the well,
1: last four. And we're, Netflix. we're not going to read those.
0: No. If you give us a rating of five stars and you leave us a review we will read your review on the air so that's our promise to you uh but you know feel free to give us whatever rating you think we deserve and hopefully it's a good one and anyway the more ratings and reviews we have the better uh it is for us to get in front of more people and uh, it raises our profile that we can we can reach more folks and that's what we want to do we want to reach more folks
1: yes more than the five of you that we talked to
0: I'm, I'm tired, Dave. Let's let's wrap this up, shall we?
1: Let's wrap it up. Let's do it. I'm tired, too.
0: All right. So next week, we'll be back to talk about Orlando City's uh, game at Red Bull Arena. We'll see if we get some information out of the Pride, out of their uh, friendly uh, on the road against the North Carolina Courage, last year's runaway champions. And also, uh, we'll talk about the U.S. games. And, um, you know, it's there's tons of stuff. We're in it now. This is... The season is here. We are we're we're back in the to thick week of it. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been back to week leave now, but but now it's really, we're really in the thick of things. Not only is the MLS team uh, in the midst of the season, the NWSL season, uh, the preseason's is underway, and it's the season will be here before you know it. It's cranking up. The OCB opener is a week from this Saturday, and, and the, the Seawolves are playing two games every weekend. So there's tons of stuff and, going on.
1: And for the who gave us the three star and the four star ratings. Remember we're still in, you know, early season form here. Give <laughs> us a chance. We, we've we got to get back into this. We've, we've been doing it monthly, but we got to get back into our weekly form.
0: Yeah. Well, that's right. That's right. That is it was worth a try. Yeah. So now, uh, and we'll try to fix whatever's going on with Dave's, with Dave's yeah. Skype. Oh, it, it, it was so good in the first segment. And, um, it's not that good in the last segment, but I plan to have more time on my hands to plan more and to to do a better job on the podcast and to get you the guests you deserve, folks, because that's that's part of my job here. And uh, also, and I've finished painting my man cave.
1: And I will go get a new microphone headset if I
0: have. I don't think it's your microphone, Dave. I think this is no. just a bad connection. I think you, for whatever reason... This is you know some Skype calls are perfect and some Skype calls are some not. are not
1: let's blame Skype that makes me feel better yeah
0: all right well I'm gonna get out of here because <laughs> every time you talk now I cringe not because of you but because of the connection anyway that'll do it please read our stuff on the mainland.com uh, you can like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter and uh, of course uh, subscribe to the podcast and leave us that review. And we will we'll will read it on the air if it's a five star review or at least give us a rating. and we'll be back next week to do it all over again. You can find Dave at mainland Dave on Twitter. you can find me at mainland Michael and uh, you, of course can uh, follow the mainland uh, main uh, main uh, account at the mainland. and that's gonna do it. We will see you next week signing off episode 154 the way we always do. By saying, go city, go pride, go seawolves, go OCB.